drop. Engage target. Devices away. Impact in T minus 10 seconds. Do you know what I've always dreaded? The decline of the aristocracy. Ugly grandchildren. Five seconds. I'm in charge. I'm in charge now, Phasma. I'm in charge. Bring it down. Bring it down. All stations brace for impact. Ray Seger, Mike Catan. This is Nuclear Family Business. <laughs> well, 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 welcome to Nuclear Family Business, the podcast about family business for family business owners and by a couple of guys who are passionate about family business. My name is Ray Seger. That's Mike Tan over there. And we're so glad that you're making us part of your weekly routine or complete lack thereof. We're coming here once a week. I hope you'll join us here. You can find us on all the places you would expect to find your favorite podcasts. Uh, and our website is nuclearfamilybusiness.com. So we start each episode with sharing a professional or personal win. And for me, Mike, this week, it's going to be I'm knee deep in annual season. So with clients inside the Wizard of Ads group, I've got clients who've been with me a year or two. I've got clients that have been with me 15 plus years. But once a year, we either meet in person or we meet over the Zoom and we reflect on the previous year and where we're going. And I'm like Ty Cobb over here. I feel like with a perfect batting average. I mean, everyone has been really productive this year. Uh, uh, everybody's bought in philosophically. It's a tough year in business. So not everybody is as had the biggest growth year or the profitability that they wanted, but everybody is confident about the year ahead. And a lot of people aren't confident about, about this crazy 2024 with politics and, and things are uncertain, but, but generally speaking, good meetings. And so that's my win for this week is my Ty Cobb like perfect batting average. And that, I'll just say that is difficult because <laughs> having all those clients and different personalities, having everybody be good. That's impressive. Uh, no, we're not done yet is, for the year. Oh, well, yeah. Okay, well, it's so far I want to jinx it. Then. I don't want to jinx it. That's uh, the back. Mike, what you trying to do, man? Sorry, man. My uh, <laughs> Mine's going to be very simple. And as um, a, uh, one of the newer partners at Wizard of Ads, I joined early this uh, last spring. Uh, my professional win this week is starting this podcast with you because it's Love a great it. opportunity that we managed to meet at the last partner meeting. Happened to sit next to each other. There's an empty seat next to you. We did the basic, hey, what do you do? What do you do? And I said, a family business background and blah, blah, blah. And you just jumped and lit like, oh, I'm I so did. interested in that. Let's I do did. a podcast yeah. together. I'm like, I just met Come you. On. <laughs> You're just <laughs> like, let's guy? do a podcast. I'm like, all right. I love this. And I love this to get to get me you know, more integrated with the partner group and, and hopefully help people out there. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And I'm just this is great. Well, right back at you, brother. I mean, I'm having a blast doing this where uh, this is our third episode that we're recording. And uh, um, yeah, I just feel like we're finding our rhythm. So definitely Absolutely. a win for me this this week, too, is reflecting on uh, that you and I are getting that good chemistry going. So I love it. So one of the things that we do here on uh, nuclear family business, we just go back and forth. Uh, you know, I think up the topic one week and then Mike thinks it up for next week and then back and forth and rinse and repeat. And maybe eventually we'll shake it up or I don't know, but, but Mike came up with this week's topic. The dastardly N word of family business is nepotism. And, oh, Mike, I don't know if we I don't even know if we can cover all of it in one episode. But tell me, tell me why you picked this to be one of our first episodes and 
tell me your take on. Let's just dig in. Um, why? Because it's obviously a big one. The family bid. Let's start off big. And two, I think we can have a good back and forth because I may not, my opinion may not be exactly what you or anybody else would be expecting. Uh, it okay. may be, but my opinion is, it is I am of two minds for specific reasons. Number one, nepotism by and large is bad. Okay. And when it, when it's really bad is if you are putting a family member in a position that they're not qualified for or can't handle um, over somebody who obviously who would be more qualified. And this is, this is going with uh, both hiring outside or promoting from within. Once you do that, you are not only going to hurt your business because they're not going to be performing in that role as well as somebody else could be. You are creating major employee problems because they are going to resent the hell out of that person being in that role. And maybe if one of them didn't get promoted to that role over uh, or in, in favor of this family member, once you establish that you're willing to do that, you're not going to be able to keep good employees. They're, they're just going to resent it and say, well, I'm not getting anywhere here. And you're just going to rotate people, good people, bad people or average people who aren't looking to get ahead uh, or can't get ahead. They'll stick with you because they don't care either way. They're not that invested. But good people will leave. They're not going to sit there for that. They're, they're good, and they're going to have other opportunities to go elsewhere and be recognized for being good and paid accordingly. So mm. that's, the, okay. that's the bad side of nepotism and the, ones that, the one that most people really think of when they think of nepotism. Before you get into the good side of nepotism, let, let, let's 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 hold on. Let's hold that for a second, because I'd like to uh, I'd like to chime in on the first part. And I'll forget because yep. I've got CR. I've got that uh, medical condition. CRS can't remember shit syndrome. Yeah, um, same. You know, when you were talking about talent flight, uh, uh, you know, mind flight and, you know, talent leaving, you know, for me, uh, I mean, for starters, let's start with the definition of nepotism, which I'm just going to the first one I find online. It's the practice of those with power or influence favoring relatives, friends, uh, by especially by giving them jobs. So I think what we're talking about in the family business dynamic is, and especially for this bad part, I can't wait to hear what the good part is. The bad part is that that favoritism is showed is that people inside the business with the right last name uh, play by a different set of rules is what's informing yeah. the bad thing and that resentment. And so a couple of things just along that line is, um, you know, I'm working on my magnum opus about story, culture, and experience, the brand vortex, right? It's a book I've been working on for years. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm hoping it's not a train coming at me. But one of the things that I write about in the in the chapter on defining and cultivating culture, okay, is uh, this idea that Americans are addicted to gossip, and without digging too deep on it, I think you kind of know it's true, right? I mean, you think about, yeah. uh, you know, the degree to which people talk about each other at work. And what's interesting is when I say they're addicted to it, gossip lights up the reward center of the brain when you're talking about other people with a third person, right? And I think where that overlaps with nepotism and it becomes fuel for this this 
this problem you're talking about is the degree to use the term resentment, which I thought was a very specific sort of, of word, right? They become resentful, right? And, And so this idea that we resent this sort of elitist construct, I think that's what it plays into is that we, that anybody who doesn't have the right name feels like they're being subjugated to less than, or they have to work harder or they make less. And then for me, from a culture mindset, that whole resentment thing you're talking about becomes the kerosene for the gossip that can just wreck any workplace because it becomes so negative and so divisive. So I had to pounce on that before when, when you when you threw resentment down. Now I'm curious. You said also that there, is, uh, from your point of view, is a a positive spin on um, uh, nepotism, and I'm, I'm curious I, where you're going with that. I didn't say positive. I said I was of two minds. So this isn't okay. good. Give me the, necessarily give me good. Your, you can read some good things into it, but it's not. I wouldn't classify it as good or positive. It's your personal feeling. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that is very simply my business, my money. You're damn right I'm hiring a family if I can. While obeying the first and most important rule of make sure that this is someone who is qualified and can actually do this job and deserves this job. Mm-hmm. And, and quite frankly, if you don't like it, tough. Mm. Tough. My business, my money. Yeah. And trust okay. for the most part. Again, exceptions, always exceptions. Of course, I'm going to put A, their family. I'm going to take care of them if they need a job. B, I can trust them. Again, for the most part. Everybody's got stories where maybe there is a particular family member that you've ended up not being able to trust or screw you over. But by and large, you can trust them. Again, as long as their ability to do the job is there and that you don't foster resentment because this person is actually horrible. Uh, but uh, outside of that, tough. You want to hire, you know, who you want, whatever, start your own business. This is ours. This is mine. My rules, my decision. Family, absolutely. Uh, if they if they need a job, if they can do the job, now you don't put them in uh, as a brand new, like, oh, you're a supervisor, a manager right now. But if they need a job, you start them at, unless they have previous qualifications that enable them to be justified in whatever role you're looking for. Um you bring them in and yeah, if it's an entry level position in particular, of course I'm going to hire them mm-hmm. over uh, applicants off the street. Of course. And if employees mm-hmm. have a problem with that, well, then they're in my mind, they are just going to be troublesome and they're not going to last that long. So there's what I was talking about when some people may not agree, but that is my thought. So I really like that. Um, you're casting a wider net, shake up the snow globe a little bit, look at it from a different point of view, because, you know, the the obvious low hanging fruit for a discussion about nepotism is just the is, is the negative stuff. Right. So so I like that there's a gradient between black and white, that there there is a greater degree of nuance to the discussion. And to me, so as I think about what you just said right there, what me what comes up for me is that we had a conversation um, in a previous episode about the historical underpinnings of creating generation after generation businesses that can be passed down. Right. So it requires that a business owner um, 
or whatever generation is in power invite the next generation in to participate or that whole social fabric will be lost, right? That multi-generational fabric couldn't be allowed uh, to manifest. So the question for me quickly becomes, how do we do family business without the, you know, the the really pejorative part, the nepotistic part of favoring. So favoring and hiring, I think we just addressed, I think the real meat of the matter is how do we deal with nepotism and favoritism in day-to-day operations? And what comes up for me in that regard is I think, yeah, I've got a pretty simple philosophy. Again, this is largely about culture, but the most successful, right about this in uh, in the Brand Vortex book I'm working on, the most successful organizations that I've been exposed to over time, family or otherwise, have a climate of servant leadership and of service superseding selling. Servant leadership and then customer service, client service is what supersedes selling. Now, neither of those immediately attach themselves to nepotism. But if you think through for a sec, they absolutely do. So the problem with nepotism, where it becomes a toxic cultural component, is where there is resentment and gossip, as I was talking about, in the rank and file, right? Uh So really, the bigger problem there is that there's an elitist owner class and that there is a rank and file grind them like their gears in a machine working class inside of a company. And the, the problem with nepotism would be is if somebody new to the business, just because they have the right name, immediately goes to the favorite elitist class and doesn't have to work in the trenches, right? Every right. environment is going to be a little bit different. But for me, if we go back to those two philosophies, it shines a lot of light on where this nepotism thing can totally derail a business. Hundred percent. So you have to use, quite frankly, common sense. Like, look, is this person actually qualified? Speaking of the relative, before you give them a, a more important position that maybe people internally have applied for, you do have to be uh, careful. You have to be extra aware. Is this going to create waves or ripples that become waves? Is this relative? If they've been there for a while in a different role. Um, is this relative well-liked? Are they respected within the business? Have you ever heard anything about that? You just have to take all that into account and say, can I justify this or not? And if it's really close, you got to make up your own mind. It's a coin toss. You have to, you know, your employees, you know, this family member, you know, your business, you just have to use your best judgment if it's a close call. But Again, the, 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 the worst case scenario is that you start turning over and losing uh, good people if they perceive that there is this glass ceiling and they can never advance to a certain level because it's always going to be taken up by a family member. We definitely yeah. did not do that. We avoided that. Now, part of the reason we avoided that is because we got so big, there weren't enough family members to fill the, you know, the higher up roles. And, and two, <laughs> right? to your point earlier, um, about family members joining the rank and file and continuing that family uh, legacy and, and, and positions of, of import. Not every family member is going to want to go into your business. And, and you definitely shouldn't force them to, whether intentionally or unintentionally. It, it can be perceived that somebody feels, well, I'm kind of obligated to go into it, even if their heart's not in it. And this is another episode too. But 
it, it gets alleviated when you get bigger and you have all these roles to fill that you don't have empl- uh, enough family members who are either capable of or want to you know, come into the business. You know, I've shared with you, Mike, I was on an earlier episode, how when I was 13 years old, my dad's dump truck company, uh, he would make me hang out at the yard and change flat tires, right? Yep. And at the time, I hated it. And ultimately, I never went into the business working with him because I wanted to work on the radio, right? But as I think back on things, you know, my brother followed the same path and did end up working for my dad and then running the business with and for my dad, especially when he got sick. And then when my dad died, it was my brother and I in business, in the dump truck business. And uh, the thing I go back and think about with changing all those damn, uh, changing, and for the record, changing a a damn flat tire on a dump truck, those are big dang tires and they're not fun to do. They're not fun to break down at all. And I think back on it and how my dad's drivers, they would make real sport of me that I didn't know what I was doing. And it really was the best gift that my dad could have given me or my brother, or especially the culture of his company. Not that my dad was especially sophisticated about any of that stuff, but the idea that the guy with the right name coming in starts at the bottom and is doing the hardest job while the driver kind of give him a hard time drinking beer at the end of the day and laughing at him really to me was the best gift that, that, that my dad could have given either one of us in that, in that company context, which is we don't get any special treatment just because we got the right last name. Yeah. And you know, I have a similar story where, you know, my first job, I was 14 was spending a whole summer on garbage detail. You know, you, you have to, I can't possibly stress this enough. You have got to start family members off at the bottom, especially when they're your kids, nieces, nephews, whatever, and they're young and starting out. Uh, you got to start them off at the very bottom. Uh, one, other employees pay attention to that and they respect that. Two, they learn all parts of the business then. They're learning what everybody does as they kind of progress up the ladder. If they stick with it and they're doing well, you, they're going to change jobs a few times at different and have different roles. Um, you know, after that, when I was uh, actually of legal age to work, <laughs> it was uh, collecting orders in the warehouse, just going around collecting orders all day. You go home, you're covered in dirt, the dust, like warehouse dust and, and all that. Um, and you just, it's very, very, very important. Yeah. That when you bring a family member in, they learn all sides of the business and start low. Yeah. And I so, so, yeah. So, in addition to setting the right tone culturally, not being tone deaf about the mm-hmm. internal culture of the organization, it's actually a gift to the family member as well, I think, which you brushed up against there, which is yeah. they get to learn all facets of the business. Oh, hated it at the time. But I was a kid. You hated it at the time. You're like, oh, but then, you know, as you get become an adult, you're like, oh, okay, that makes total sense. I get it. And I totally agree with it. The last thing I would say on it, no one just kind of watching the clock here a little bit, is is a, as I double back around to my earlier point about servant leadership, Mike, yeah. is this idea that if the family, and this is from my experience, I've seen it both ways, the family I feel like has to have a covenant among the owner class and the family part of the business, which is we are going to carry this with a certain degree of humility and remain humble and not rub the noses of our rank and file in the fact that we're of a different echelon 
inside the organization because I've seen 100%. it both ways. And where a family carries it with humility, it becomes easier to, em- I don't know if embrace is the right word, but to indulge the fact that there's some paths forward here that are not open in this company unless you have the right last name. Mm-hmm. People will will survive that. They'll suffer that. They'll indulge that if there's a humility. And servant leadership means we're here as leaders to serve the team, not the mm-hmm. vice versa. The team is not the gears and pulleys that creates wealth for the ruling class leaders. Oh, no, 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 no. The leader is here to serve the team member. And Completely that's, agree. that's not a natural, that's not a, that's a, that's a very enlightened concept. And I would say it's an 80, 20, probably only 20 to 30% of the, of the, of the business I've come across really embrace that probably 70, 80% are the other way where, and it's harder and harder to stay stuck in that mindset when it's so hard to find good people, you know? So that'd yeah. be the last thing I'd have to say about it. Mike would just be servant leadership as it informs humility and remaining humble as the family members in a family business is critical. And having said all that, it's your topic, Mike, I'll give you the last word on it for today. I'm going to just tack onto that and talk about my personal experience and something I'm very proud of is we were able to do that. Uh, not ever, not just because you work for a family business doesn't mean they're going to treat you like family. As you said, you think it's maybe 80, 20 against that. Uh, we did have that kind of culture. And with the exception, I'm going to say, look, there's always some family members, you know, who they are who they are, but, uh, there are only a couple of people that really were to a degree, like flaunted wealth, you know, were kind of extravagant with their spending and you know, showed off a little bit. Um, but that wasn't uh-huh. my grandfather started the business and that's not how he was at all. The guy was a multi, multi, multi-millionaire and he still bought, you know, $10 pair of pants online. I mean, it was just that he just never, my dad was that same way. So I wasn't raised to, to be extravagant or, or thought anything. Uh-huh. Um, but when you can create that family like culture, it's amazing. The response you get from employees, both in, loyalty and productivity. Happy to say we had several employees who were with us 35, 40 years. You know, they're not going to hang out and they were very good. And they all reached higher on the ladder and got to positions of management. You know, really in our business was the only one, the only place you couldn't get to was CEO. Family members going to be CEO for the most part. And, and then, but everything else than that was based on merit and qualifications of hiring from the outside or promoting from within. And if you can nail that, your business will be significantly, significantly better off. Right on. Good way to end the show today, Mike. And great topic, man. Glad you brought this one in. There'll be threads that we start in something you'll say or I'll say. I'm guarantee you we're going to swing back around to it at some point in another episode because they deserve a deeper dive. For sure. And that's going to do it for this episode of Nuclear Family Business. Thanks for being here. If you have any feedback, we love to hear it. Tack it on wherever you can. Give us a follow or a like or a subscribe, depending on what platform you're on. And thanks again for being here. And we'll catch you back here next week for another edition of Nuclear Family Business. Nuclear Family Business.